This is episode 66 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. We're always looking for great new members, so if you're a book lover who may be interested in joining an online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com to learn more about the group. For May 2016, we're discussing Little Black Lies by Sharon Bolton. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are here today to discuss... Little Black Lies, our book club's 186th pick, chosen by Mary way over in Scotland. The group as a whole has already wrapped up, pretty much wrapped up the online discussion. And our overall grade for this book was a C. Okay, story. So, Well, as you said, there was a, a lot of things in there that I wasn't happy with. And granted, I know this was more of an entertainment book. It wasn't like a, a literary book. Mm-hmm. But there were some things that could have been done very differently that would have made it a much better book. Probably the only reason I gave it a B rather than a C was, I, as I had posted online in our discussion, that I was really fascinated about what the author told the reader about the Falkland Islands. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew next to nothing about them before reading this book. Right, I, me neither. I, old enough so I remembered the big dust-up between Argentina and Great Britain back in 1982, but I was busy with uh, other parts of my life, and so it really didn't make a big impression on me other than, oh, well, that's kind of a mess. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to learn not only more about the war that happened then or the incidents, whatever you want to call it, and also I was interested in learning about the day-to-day life there because they really were pretty isolated right uh and the author had to use this time period to work with the story she had to uh, have it like in the mid-90s like that so it was a ways away from the incident but Mm -hmm. not you couldn't use current time because with the things going on with the characters it wouldn't have worked you know at this point they were apparently still in their 30s but if they'd waited to you know recent time they would have been in the 50s and the story just would not have worked the plot right. wouldn't have worked at all whether they she the um, author used different um, contrivances or different plot lines or whatever so but i really like that and, and also it couldn't have taken place in more modern times because i remember the um one of the characters saying well there's no live tv here but we have lots of movies you know we watch <laughs> lots of movies but i think well nowadays that probably is not true you know they were kind of isolated both in communication and, and other things but now thanks to all these satellites bouncing things everywhere i i, ha- I haven't looked it up but i'm sure the communication's better and and they're able to do you know more things right. you know, for entertainment that's the wonders of modern technology so you know it th- they had things to do but they and since it was a small area of what was actually um, habitable that it, it was almost like a, an american small town that everybody knew your business whether you wanted them to or not right so, so i did like the um all the different details about the settings, but some of the other thing really could have been better. I said, and, and so if, if it hadn't been for the setting, I think I would have given it a C also. 
Right. Yeah, the Falkland Islands, it's interesting because it sounds like a really harsh environment to live in. Like, it's tough to live there. The main character, Katrin, her job was, you know, when the book opens and she's like diving at night. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, that's brave because I don't know, I'd be scared to be out in the ocean at night. Me too. Underwater like that. But okay, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of it. So Katrin is a mom. When we, when the book opens, we meet her as a grieving mother with some serious problems psychologically because she has not gotten on with her life in a healthy way. I think it was like three or four years since her sons had died. I'm not sure. Yeah, if, I think it's about three years. Right. They also died because of her best friend's negligence. Which, that was kind of strange to me. It's like, how come, did Rachel not have kids yet at the time? Because how come it was just her two kids in the car? I didn't totally understand that, but I'm not 100% sure. But I thought she had at least a child. She had, you know, another one, which kind of made things more bitter after this, you know, accident. Right, the younger one that ended up going missing at the end there. Yeah, she had them while uh, Katrin had been pregnant, but, you know, lost the baby. Right. So, I don't know. I guess Rachel must have had at least her her older two kids at that time. But, yeah, for some reason, uh, maybe she was bringing Katrin's sons home or something. I don't know. But she leaves them in the car. And I remember Lynette said, I think it was Lynette in the group who really did enjoy the book, but she was, you know, asking some interesting questions because it's like, why did she leave them in the car in the first place? And, and would the kids have stayed in the car? They were home. You know what I mean? Wouldn't they have gotten out? Even if she wanted to talk to their dad alone, wouldn't they have gotten out of the car maybe? And it was just weird. Yeah. That they sat in the car for something like that to happen for the the break to Right. I mean, the only thing I could think is, is she would have told them, you know, just stay here in the car a minute. I need to tell your daddy something and then I'll come back and get you. But, you know, it's not a good idea after there's been, you know, uh, a lot of places, uh, um, including one we had here locally of about people leaving their children in the cars and they don't realize, you know, how it's dangerous, how dangerous it is because, you know, big kids can mess with stuff. Number one, number two that even if it's not that hot outside, the inside of the car can get very hot and they'll, they'll, they can die very quickly. Right, exactly. So well, in this setting, I don't think it was that was a, a threat to them, but right. it was just this cliff they apparently lived on yeah. was dangerous for kids. Right. Whether there is a car involved or not. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't exactly your most kid-friendly location. but Yeah, I would think that if they lived that near a cliff that the car could have driven over like that, that they would have at least, like, fenced in the cliff. Well, are you think? I don't know. Since it's so rugged, I don't know if that was feasible or not. But they still, you would think they would still have a few safety reinforcement things there. So it just wasn't you know, sheer cliff, like it would be like it's it's some real high beach or whatever. Right. She, Katrin is devastated over this and just not recovering in a healthy way. And I don't, was she in therapy? I know Callum and Rachel were in therapy, yeah, but it, was she in therapy? I think she might've tried something, but it just wasn't, you know, getting through to her. And, and she didn't really have any support when you think about it because she had just totally cut Rachel out of her life because, of course, she blamed her. And right. then, you know, her, her husband allegedly, you know, couldn't deal with all this, but he had his own little, you know, issues. 
but he you know and, and it's and no matter what the situation you just see so many times and read so much that when a child or much less children die that a lot of times that'll just tear apart even the best marriage because it's just more than the people can deal with it's like they look at each other and all they can see is the lost children right so you know he he'd gone on because he felt like he had you know gotten better and she hadn't and he just couldn't handle it right which you know comes to the point that i didn't find very believable at all at the end this twist that ben was the one kidnapping at least some of the kids (laughs) because the others were just kind of thrown in there to muddy the waters but he was he he had healed himself i guess by deciding to kidnap and kill kids that look like his sons yeah, well, I mean, weirder things have happened. I'm not. Uh, it just didn't. I didn't buy I it. Kind of, it's kind of stretching it. I agree, but I mean, weird things have happened, so it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. Just not very likely, you know, to happen. Yeah, but it just didn't work here because that's what I mean. I don't feel like she sold it to me because so we're to believe that he was the one behind it all along. He was leaving these dead kids' bodies on the shipwrecks to rot yeah. rather than taking them out to sea and dumping them where no one would ever find them. And right. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, well, it's like yeah, they yeah. were there because you needed Callum and Katrin to be going off doing their little investigating and finding dead bodies. And then, you know, it, it just didn't make any sense that he would be well. leaving them he would go to all that trouble to leave their dead bodies on shipwrecks. Well, other, other than the only other thing I could think was maybe that since, you know, you wouldn't be happy about your wife having an affair. So I think he pretty much knew about that affair. Yeah, because Rachel and, supposedly told him that day. Yeah, right. So, I mean, because she was thinking, well, if she, if she told him about this affair, then he would uh, drop Katrin. And, and or at least they, start having an affair with her. Her, yeah, yeah but you know that he didn't want any part of that you know she, she had her own little dream world about an affair with ben but that just wasn't going to happen and no matter what the case was being this was before the children you know right before the children were were killed but yeah that i'm saying but see at the same time maybe because of leaving these out like that maybe he he figured he could um throw the the blame on the others especially on callum since he what you know that was his nemesis because he knew Callum wasn't quite right, you know, because he was having the really bad flashbacks from the PSTD. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the only reason I could think of. I don't know if that's what she had in mind or it was just another twist, you know, weird twist at the end. But that's the only reason I could see between him being more stricken by it than he let on or he was just trying to take revenge on Callum. <sighs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, yeah, I, I, I get it, but I, I don't, I don't know. Well, <laughs> well and, and at least the Katrina and Cal, you know, finally they had the the happy ending. At least the other ones, not so much. You know, well, we're that. asked to believe that Rachel who this is the thing when we started discussing it in the group i didn't believe rachel at the end that she was actually seeing ben trying to kidnap another kid i thought she was hallucinating it because it just that's how (laughs) ridiculous the whole thing seemed number one rachel had conversations with her horse and the horse actually is talking back to her 
What is that? I was like reading it. I'm, I'm going, I remember when it, when it first started, I'm reading it. I'm going, I see this conversation going back and forth and responses. Going back. I'm like, um, she's talking to the horse. The horse is talking back to her. I was like, really? But people, people have, people do some very strange things. No, but I mean, I don't mean that she might not talk to the horse, but the horse isn't talking back. It's not Mr. Ed from the old days. (laughs) Horse is the horse. It's Mr. Ed. No, but no, this, this horse is not Mr. Ed, right? So are we supposed to think that she's hearing the horse talk back to her in her head? Probably so. I don't know, but I think she maybe she was becoming delusional with everything going on. Right. Because you don't know if she's trying to be noble and, you know, take the blame for her own child missing. She did. Yeah. She, well, she did. And then, you know, uh, even more so, it, it could be believable about Callum because, you know, he wouldn't do it intentionally. He wouldn't want to hurt anybody, especially not a child. But, you know, if he had these flashbacks, he was for a while just off in his own little world and seeing things the way, you know, they were before, like it was, you know, a battlefield experience instead of real life. So Callum, Callum confessing to Peter being missing, I could understand. Yeah, that that's what's more reasonable because he would he would like you said he had some serious psychological problems too with his flashbacks flaring up again and he didn't know if if he had done anything or not yeah he'd had uh, you know lost time there where he right it's blackout that's the other thing his blackouts were very conveniently timed so yeah. they I, di- I didn't feel any tension around them because i just felt like it was so again contrived it was just oh now he's gonna have a blackout so that it's you know plot convenience instead of it feeling more realistic yeah. so anyway so yeah his confession was really the only confession that seemed plausible to me Katrin confessing to it was ridiculous if she hadn't done it. And Rachel deciding to confess to it was equally ridiculous. So the three of them going, you know, being at the police station, all three of them, I think it was Katrin who went first and then Rachel went and then Callum comes in. And the police are saying, they're like, what the heck? (laughs) They're all ready to shoot themselves in the head. It's like, give me a break. They don't know who to believe it. They think they've all, you know, kind of lost it. So that that part just, it became kind of farcical to me, like comedy, like an unintentional comedy. Because I just was, I just busted out laughing. Like, this is something you could see on a sitcom. Yeah, true. Very true. But yeah. So anyway, in the beginning, Katrin's character was, to me, the most well-developed character. Because I began to identify with this woman who was taking the loss of her sons devastatingly badly and and just not able to recover and having just homicidal thoughts about killing Rachel. And I feel like it would have been so much more interesting a story had she gone through with that or had she actually kidnapped Peter, Rachel's son, and just maybe not be able to go through with hurting him or something along those lines. But the, the way, the way it went in order to try to keep us off balance just made it not very credible. You had had some, you know, characters that if they had been developed a a different way, it it would, yes, it would have been a much better book. I thought so. It was an interesting premise, but then, oh, okay. The worst thing about this book 
was when they found that other little boy in the in the cabin oh, and yeah. she and Callum says that line about how it smells of sex it's it's the the cabin stinks of sex and i when i read that i actually put the book down and i thought about it and i go hmm is she really is she the author really going there did this okay. little boy this because he's a toddler right i forget how old he is but right. he, he was still very he young, was like yeah. three or two or three years old or something and i'm right. thinking oh my god it when he said that i go oh my god is she really going there to say that this little boy was sexually molested yeah i go oh my god and i thought to myself no I bet she's not going there. Like I figured there's just no way that she's going to write that this little boy was molested like that. No. So then I thought, so ne so you're using it as a got you? And I that just really turned me off. And then when you read on and you find out the convoluted story about how he accidentally got into the truck and then ended up at the cabin with these two people having an affair and oh, so no, gotcha. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, it makes you look sideways at the author's psychology like maybe we need to look at what the hell's going on in your house because why would you use that type of thing as a gotcha as a as a red herring yeah that's just disgusting i agree so yeah that was like the worst part for me of of this whole book it just really ugh, put left a bad taste in my mouth after that oh, oh sure and, and as I said um, on our discussion, other people brought up they had done Google research about the beach wells. The whale beachings, yeah. There could have been that many, but I thought I still didn't need that many. You know, it just left bad, it, like I said, bad tape, bad image in my head. You know, you could have several. So it was like heartbreaking, but that many, that, oh. Uh, and it know, was described all, gruesome. Very graphics. So I thought, you know, I'm not squeamish or anything, but I, I just didn't, you know, that was just literally pardon Mike's, you know, word, but that was literally overkill. Yeah. I think it's 174 or something. Yeah, somewhere. like a lot of, of whales beached. And I'm like, and then they were throwing them back and then they came back. Yeah. And so I thought, wow, what does that look like? A hundred whales I know. On, the, on the beach. It's know, like that is, wow. So I really was wondering if that really happens, but I didn't actually take the step to look it up, but some other Cove members did. And that's very interesting. Even though it's yeah. not a common thing, it does happen. It does happen, which is a shame. Yeah. And, and I did think, like you said, it was overkill, not just the number of them, but the yeah. description. Because she yeah. even went into some gross descriptions about a dead seal. Yeah. That I think Callum and his brother or something with the dead seal. And yeah. I was just like, ew, okay. I just skimmed. Because <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with that. There's some things you just don't need to know. And they always say you got to be careful what you read or what you watch sometimes. Because that that image or thought will stay in your head a lot longer than you realize. So That's true. Sometimes you have to be, be careful. You don't want to end up having, you know, things in your head. What I thought was neat, too, they had that uh, local newspaper there called Penguin News. And at the uh, bat bottom of Argentina, they're not that far away from Antarctica. So there are penguins around there. Right. But then so when they were talking about the penguins and this thing, I thought, oh, cool. Good Cove member, Sally, that she lives off where she's on different seasons than we are you right. know, here at 
here and they're about to go into winter time in australia so it's just, yeah yeah it's, it's just kind of neat these places that are below the equator that especially these um, out of the way places you forget how different they are from what we're used to in, in our little sheltered north american existence right it was good to read it i, I, I as i said earlier i i like the historical and geographical knowledge i uh, was able to glean from that but this is definitely uh, entertainment book for big fans of the author, and I don't know that I'd be running out to read any more of her books at this time because there's just too many other books that are constantly coming out. I wouldn't go looking for Miss Bolton's books again. I wish her well, but she's just not my cup of tea. I have my own version of entertainment books, but it's it, it just wasn't her, so. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a C- minus because of what I learned about the Falkland Islands. I did like that setting for a book. I like the setting. And yes. I think her writing was, you know, grammatically it was well-written and it flowed well. Yes. But I just, I, the other thing I thought was the point of views, the, the voice of Katrin, Callum, and Rachel were, the same right, they were yeah, kind of told in the same tone and they didn't really feel like they they had they each had their own lives going on but they didn't feel like three separate voices to me i agree i just thought it was really contrived and a bit manipulative and at the end too we're you know we're supposed to think rachel now would see ben kidnap this kid and just trot home <laughs> i mean really I think I'd be calling 911. She would have to say something because now that whole uproar is going to happen again. Another missing child. Absolutely. And you just went through that with your son being missing. And, you know, she claimed she was terrified about her son being missing. And, oh, by the way, it turned out it was her other kids who hit him. I'd watch those kids. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's why I thought every child on this in the Falkland Islands needs needed to be evacuated in this story because these people are just batshit crazy and <laughs> how can the kids have a chance to grow up normally i know i mean <clears throat> and even like i said her children they they were kind of twisted you had your you know concerns about them yeah for them to do what you know decide to hide their little brother to try to get their mom to love him and drug him and drug him exactly it's crazy so, yeah, she was going to leave Ben to continue to kill all the kids that look like his and just go home and, you know, whatever, because she's in love with him. Right. Right. That, how long is that going to last for? I don't know. <laughs> it was just too much. You're asking too much of me, Sharon Bolton. Sorry. I just can't swallow that. Yes, I have to. <laughs> All right. So I guess that is our discussion of Little Black Lies by Sharon Bolton. And we want to thank our listeners for tuning in. And as always, leave us your comments. What did you think of this book? This book is very well rated, we must say. There are a lot of people who enjoyed it. So we'd love to hear from you to to let us know exactly what you think about um, our thoughts on Little Black Lies. And stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be discussing The Good Girl by Mary Kubica. Kubica? See you next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye. (laughs)